0: spoke with Jamestown Mayor Eddie Sundquist about how the last state legislative session affects Jamestown as well as news related to parking and parking ramps. Jamestown Mayor Eddie Sundquist is joining us in studio today. Good morning. Good morning, Julia. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're, we're meeting today and talking uh, after the day after a long weekend. So I always say there's, there's always a lot of things that we could catch up on and, and indeed we will today. Uh, first off, we're going to start with what the state legislature did last week. So last week, they passed additional gun control legislation that was signed into law by Governor Kathy Hochul. And a big part of that includes the banning of guns in many public places. So what are the thoughts as a lot of this legislation does affect what the city does in terms of, of well, guns being allowed even in city bus- uh, city buildings? Uh, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, so it was really quite a historic legislation that they were able to pass, mostly coming from the changes that occurred in the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court had uh, passed through uh, striking down some of New York's really long standing precedent of uh, banning some concealed carries in, in various places. So that left a pretty large hole in uh, New York State's uh, legislation. And the governor had called back the legislature in order to really try to resolve that, right? And to bring forth a whole host of uh, additional initiatives in order to keep people safe. You know, we're talking about making sure that guns are banned in uh, public spaces such as government buildings, schools, right? Uh, Places where kids might be, uh, you know, those types of areas, uh, which we have seen have been, you know, places where we've seen some of these mass shootings, and uh, you know, it is really just a continuation of New York State's longstanding precedent uh, that was uh, struck down, uh, struck down, and uh, has now been kind of brought back up. So mm-hmm. as you as you mentioned, the city uh, you know, city actually already has a policy on uh, carrying guns. You do have to check with the door since we do have a court system uh, that is located within City hall. Uh, you would check your gun anyways coming into the city. Mm
0: -hmm. One of the things that was included, and Jason and I were talking about this morning, was that parks are also included in the list, and that really puts, I would say, an onus on city governments or any municipality who has a park to, to try to regulate this. And how... How much of a burden is that on our our police system?
1: Well, I think we're still we as the city are still trying to better understand how that let how that legislation is going to impact the work that we do, especially with our police department, right? Uh, and so we're still trying to understand that and better figure out what that's going to be. But you know, we certainly don't want individuals um, bringing guns to public spaces where there might be kids, right? Where there might be large public gatherings. Uh, you know, it's really just a, a danger to a, a lot of different uh, different people. So we'll, we'll continue to understand that law a little bit better and see how we'll implement it here in the city. Uh, but certainly we want people to feel comfortable in our parks, right? We've got over 500 acres of parkland in the city and we want them to feel comfortable no matter where you're at enjoying uh, recreation here in the city. Mm
0: -hmm. I saw over, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was over the weekend or if it was on Friday, I got a a press release from the Jamestown Police Department about um, different arrests that they made. I think it was related to money that they got from the gift program. So can you, are you able to talk about what that was all about? Because I, I... the Give for pro- I always forget what Give stands for, and I'm probably like the average citizen. They don't remember either. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. The Give program is for gun intervention. Uh, it's a gun intervention and violence prevention program. I-, I wish I knew exactly what each of those letters stand for, and I apologize, uh, but. What they do under the program is they actually bring together a whole bunch of different uh, departments uh, that uh, work together. And by departments, I don't just mean city departments. We're talking about various police departments, probation, uh, organizations that serve uh, kids and other uh, social services organizations. And they talk about where there have been issues and hotspots across the city. Uh, Now, there is is a trend in policing uh, that is a hotspot policing which means instead of us always saying, hey, there's certain uh, areas that we've got to cover, let's look at where are we seeing the most amount of crimes uh, based on the data that we have, and how do we then utilize our resources to uh, decrease and lower the crimes in those hotspot areas. It's a methodology that our police department has been doing for quite some time, and we receive funding from New York State to employ a, a crime analyst Uh, And to be able to hold these uh, these give meetings to be able to work with and pay for, for example, overtime and other costs uh, to provide additional patrols and details uh, for it and to help reduce uh, gun violence uh, and to uh, really help keep our streets safe.
0: Mm -hmm. Since you get this funding from the state, have you heard of any other funding coming from the state to Jamestown for some of these gun violence initiative programs? Because we, I know the bigger cities definitely have but I less I think we talked you were still waiting
1: yeah we and, and we we still kind of are I think the the legislative session I'd like to say was all wrapped up but they brought everyone back for for another round uh, but you know we're certainly hearing that there is going to be additional uh, gun violence funding coming down the pipeline um, whether that is the state or the federal level uh, I can tell you that our police department, Uh, with Chief Jackson has been working directly with our federal partners uh, to put together a Safe Streets program. Uh, More to come on that. Uh, That is uh, federally funded uh, from the U.S. Attorney's Office and others uh, and really allows us to uh, get guns and other issues off the streets uh, in a much uh, higher capacity. Um, And by that, I mean, allows us to have more resources in order to get those guns off the streets uh, and to be able to hold people uh, and by whole people, I mean actually put them in a federal uh, federal jail, a federal prison, uh, which in many cases uh, you are unable to do in New York under the bail reform laws.
0: That's right. I do remember that was part of the discussion is uh, how do you get around bail reform law, uh, law in New York state when dealing with violent criminals? And I see that. I recall. OK, OK. That reminds me now. So um, originally, I was going to go to a different topic. I want stay, to stay with the state. Uh, when I spoke to uh, Assemblyman Goodell recently, he mentioned that the state legislature had failed to act on two bills related to the city of Jamestown, one being the uh, cameras and school zones and the other about city judges. And... Uh, he said well they, they didn't get passed so what now for the city
1: yeah so you know two very good bills that we've been talking about for quite some time uh, as you recall we were talking about a speed zone cameras in school zones uh this was uh this was i think at the start of COVID. even before we were starting to talk about this process uh since that time you know our analysis which is we need people to slow down in school zones and we need to find a way to hold them accountable Uh, We just don't have all of the necessary resources to physically have an officer there at all school zones across the the city. Uh, But we've seen since that time, we've seen kids get hit in school zones. We've seen speeders in school zones. So our original analysis still holds true, which is this is a technology that can help us uh, reduce accidents around school zones during school days. Uh, This is a bill that was not uh, passed. We're going to renew it again, bring it up again uh, for the next legislative session. Uh, There's some hope that we'll be able to uh, get this one along. We've been really working diligently, both with Republicans and Democrats, in order to find a bill that works for both. Uh, When we, the city, worked with uh, Assemblyman Goodell and Senator uh, Borrello to craft this bill, we took all of the concerns and criticisms that the Republicans had and tried to work those those issues try to deal with those issues in this bill so we've truly created a bipartisan bill that satisfies both what the democrats original intent was for the school zone bill and the issues our republican friends had had with it so it's cre- it's really great it's great to see and we are pushing this as a potential model for other cities across new york
0: and Assemblyman Goodell mentioned that some of the criticisms actually came out of what happened in Buffalo, where, where with their speed zone cameras, I think what they brought in, I don't know, some a crazy number like a million dollars in in revenues because of how the cameras were operating. I think all day long versus just school school hours. So, but he mentioned that they that you guys had looked at all those issues and fixed them in this. We
1: did. Yes, it was uh, it was really really quite difficult to try to completely craft a new legislation on behalf of the city and other cities that have expressed interest in in similar types of bills. Uh, But we were trying to correct some of the issues that we saw in Buffalo. Certainly we don't want to be Um, You know, billing people for speeding on non school hours or in areas where there's really no kids around. You know, we're really looking at the time periods when you need to be slowing down uh, because school is in session and there are kids around. Uh, You know, we have a really large, you know, walking district here in the city, which makes us unique from other places, including Buffalo, uh, because we have somewhere between 80 and 90 percent of our kids walk to school. You have a higher risk of potential accidents as kids jump into the road, or you know aren't following the sidewalks, or doing whatever whatever kids do, right? Uh, but that's just the reality of it, and we want to try to address that with the school zone bill,
0: mm-hmm. with the judge uh, bill that didn't get passed in this session. So I guess I mean I don't think uh, Assemblyman Goodell had a really an answer for why they didn't go forward. But what is the issue with that one? Not quite
1: sure. I have not really heard much feedback uh, from our our partners on the state level. Uh, we do know that this is a bill, and, and specifically the bill specifically, uh, excuse me, the bill provides that our second city court judge becomes an elected position, not appointed position. So when the city of Jamestown received uh, a second judge position, it turns out some of the language in there didn't actually say that it was going to be voted on. Uh, so it ends up uh, putting us in a spot where we have one judge elected and one judge appointed. And it's certainly something that we don't uh, necessarily want. It makes a lot more sense to have both judges elected. Uh, so in the meantime, we're really trying to get the state just to make a correction to really about two or three words in the language just says, instead of appointed, elected. Uh, and it is something that is not passed. We're not quite sure why, uh, but we continue to advocate for it on the state level.
0: Mm-hmm. And that'll be something brought forward as well in the next session.
1: That's what we're, that's what we're hearing. That's what we're hoping. It's been on the docket for quite some time. Uh, I did hear it did pass through committee on the Senate side, uh, but it just didn't didn't get the speed it needed to continue forward to the governor's desk.
0: Mm-hmm. Last month, City Council tabled a resolution for a shared services agreement with Jamestown Public Schools related to sidewalk plowing and. Council members said their concern wasn't with the school's side of the agreement, but more side, more concerned about the hiring of the employees for uh, the city to do the work of the the sidewalk plowing. Um, What is being looked at? I mean, I've heard things from like you know maybe we should hire. Uh, seasonal employees, or maybe they should be something else. What is is your administration looking at now with these new concerns from council?
1: Well, we've gotten some last minute concerns from city council about the potential to hire two new parks employees. Uh, Instead of doing that, they have asked us to look at hiring seasonal employees that would only be there for the winter. Uh, in st- unfortunately, it's just a—it's a, a tough—it's a tough gig, right? To try to get someone just to work eight-hour shifts and and only uh, do snow plowing in the winter. We already have trouble as it is at getting seasonal workers to mow lawns, uh, so we're we're really analyzing that and saying what would make sense. In our original analysis of this plan, it made sense to hire two additional park workers, which would allow us to do a specialty shift just for snow plowing. Uh, And then if there's no snow, they could do other parks duties, such as clearing the river walk, clearing other bike paths, places that people do walk, both in the summer and the winter. And then during the summertime, the city would get the benefit of having additional parks workers to help us with mowing grass, to help us with cleaning and keeping up with parks. Uh, All of that 500 acres of parkland we talked about. Uh, So that is uh, really important uh, because we really haven't been able to, we've increased our park usage and we've increased the amount of park space we have, but we haven't increased our parks staff in many years. Uh, So it's been a challenge and it's something that we hoped to address to not only help kids get to school so they're not walking in the road, uh, but also to help us maintain uh, the recreation side of our parks.
0: Mm -hmm. Has there been any kind of cost analysis already? Or is that something we'll we'll expect to see at the city council work session this month about you know, the benefits of, while well, there may be this, this number to, to hire a full-time, it'd be this amount for the seasonal and you'll still need seasonal come, you know, wintertime.
1: So it's about half of the original cost. Uh, so the, the, the cost of a um, several year contract uh, in order to hire two full-time parks employees is about $600,000 for up until 2026. Uh, it'll cost us for seasonal workers about three hundred thousand dollars, so about about half of that. Uh, but you know we don't get that any we don't get that additional benefit. Uh, we're also just going to find it more challenging. There's an additional component here: is that uh, the hiring of seasonal workers also requires us to negotiate with our unions, uh, and we need to make sure we we've, we've already negotiated hiring the two parks workers, but we'll have to now go back and have some additional conversations uh, with them, which. Could certainly uh, take some time uh, for us to do, uh, so it, it's tougher. We're starting. We're starting to think about. Although we're in the middle of summer, we do want to start to think about uh, uh, the winter as it, it's coming upon us, and we want to get those things in place because we will eventually run out of time to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. And with that that union, I, they their contract is currently in place, so they're not in the middle of a contract negotiation. Correct?
1: That's correct. Yep that that union is uh, uh, under a full contract and would not renegotiate for a couple
0: of years. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So I guess uh, July 18th is that city work session. Uh, I unfortunately will not be there, but it'll be live stream for anybody who's interested in watching that on JamestownNY.gov. So I encourage listeners to do so in my absence. Moving along to uh, another topic that there's there's quite a thing, a lot of things going on regarding parking and parking ramps. And the latest announcement we have is that the Spring Street parking ramp, the beautification project is going to get underway and uh, could you tell us about that project
1: yeah so you're right there's a lot going on with parking and uh, uh, parking ramps you know one of the things i do want to point out although we have not finalized the contract we will be fully automating our parking ramps uh, going forward so they will accept uh, credit card and other things uh, we are in the process of, of finalizing that we have found that uh, it's it's actually more cost effective for us to use full automation uh, that does allow you to, to talk to a real person uh, through a video screen uh, but uh, we we're spending a lot unfortunately on labor costs just keeping their keeping someone uh, at the ramp uh, to take um, cash and coin only uh, which is a little tough as people have changed the way that they they park they want other options. Uh, but when specifically we are doing a beautification project Uh, so that includes additional lighting and additional uh, uh, cameras within uh, the parking ramps and then on spring street we were really really lucky to receive a grant uh, to provide for an artist to help us beautify the uh, columns of the spring street ramp Uh, now as your listeners probably know there's a mural already uh, there Uh, That's not going to be touched, uh, but we do want to add additional public artwork on the other sides of the uh, stairwell uh, that exists on the Spring Street wrap. So we're talking about the outside stairwell, um, below the murals, and around uh, the various sides of it.
0: Okay, because that originally, I was thinking it was maybe inside the stairwell. So if I'm standing on Third Street, I would see some artwork potentially going up around.
1: Street level, ground level. Uh, We're really excited to do some ground level artwork. Uh, we were very excited to be able to select uh, Molly Strong, a local artist who's done several different things. And uh, the grant originally that we received was uh, really focused on providing artists a living wage. And we were just absolutely honored to be able to receive that and be able to um, provide some significant funding uh, to Molly in order to really create these beautiful pieces of artwork, public art. Uh, It's an initiative through our planning department that we have been focusing on uh, more public art across the city. Uh, We recognize the value that it has, and we really just want to try to beautify what we have. We have a gorgeous downtown. As you walk through, you see a lot of great flowers, a lot of uh, beautiful spaces, and that can be even enhanced by some more public art.
0: Mm-hmm. With This project has been built as phase one. Now, is this a phase one beautification of the ramp, or is this phase one of the public art initiative?
1: Phase one of the public art initiative. We've got several other public art uh, grants that are being applied for, and we're kind of waiting to hear back. Uh, but there is uh, further discussion about a couple different uh, types of art pieces that could exist around the city. Uh, so it's still more to come. Uh, but I think this is a good first step in some public beautification. Mm-hmm.
0: There was a lot of construction on the Spring Street ramp happening in the last year. And we know because we're right across the street from there. Is that project, is that now complete? Or is there more that they still have to do?
1: It's mostly complete. Uh, there's a, there's a few other touch-up pieces, I think, that still need to occur in order for us to say, we've closed it out and we're done with this project. Uh, but it is mostly complete. And the last part of it will be the full automation Uh, of the ramp system uh, once we've uh, finalized uh, some of our vendor uh, requirements Mm -hmm.
0: for people parking on the street there is a new program that started today july 5th called the passport parking application so what is this what is this program because i just saw the announcement and uh as someone who parks downtown and doesn't know and sometimes parks in a parking spot other than my work spot how what does this do
1: yeah, so it's something we've been discussing for quite a period of time. Originally, we were talking about uh, using an app-based program in order to pay for your parking spot. Uh, and so we have uh, selected a program called Passport. Uh, that is an application you can download. Many cities use it, uh, including, I believe, Warren. Uh, so if you you know coming from other places, you probably have used it. Um, once you park in a spot, if you uh, pull up the Passport app on your smartphone, uh, you'll be able to just enter your uh, your zone or your uh, spot, and you can pay your parking directly from the app. Uh, it also lets you renew your parking too. So instead of having to run back out to the meter, maybe you're you're there getting your hair done uh, somewhere down the road, and you got some curlers in, and you really need to pay the meter. You can actually do it straight from the convenience of your phone using that Passport app
0: and will people still be able to use coins or as as right now
1: absolutely nothing else has has changed except we've just added an additional way that you can pay for your parking so uh, in many of the meters downtown you could use a credit card Uh, you'll still be able to do that you'll still be able to use uh, coin Uh, but especially uh, if you have a meter that doesn't accept credit card you can use the app so it really provides uh, all of our users different ways to pay I think that's one of the concerns that I'd heard uh, early on, which is you know we're tired of always having to keep loose change in our car and throwing it in the meter, Uh, but now is an opportunity for you to choose any of the three different ways you'd like to pay uh, and make it a little bit easier to pay that meter so that you don't get a ticket. I know that's the number one concern I often hear is that we have really efficient uh, parking enforcement officers. Uh, but if you want to avoid that ticket, you can just uh, pay the meter directly from your phone now.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there any fee associated with that, with using the app? There's a small
1: fee uh, for the use of a credit card, uh, and that'll be displayed uh, right on the application.
0: Mm-hmm. And is a sticker on on the? Is there a sticker on the meters right now? Because I, I'll be honest, I didn't look at it when I was walking in this morning because I, you know, it was early, so I didn't look at the meter as I was going in.
1: Yeah, every meter should have a, a Passport Zone sticker on it. Uh, so you'll just uh, you'll uh, pull up the Passport app from your phone. You can download it from Apple Play or the Google Play Store. Uh, and uh, you just type in the zone number that's on the meter, and uh, you can away you
0: go. In terms of other things coming up, I said, you know, July, usually summer is kind of quiet. But I'm getting the impression that maybe things aren't so quiet here in the city. Uh, what are some of the things coming up around Jamestown? Oh, you don't think we're a quiet little town?
1: <laughs> we're very busy this summer. Uh, there is some really great things going on. I just saw that the uh, Comedy Festival, the, the National Comedy Center Festival, is going to be happening in the city. This is phenomenal news. Uh, in July alone, we have a Christmas in July uh, coming up. Uh, that we're really excited about, as well as a whole bunch of things going on. Uh, Tarp Skunks games galore, those are a lot of fun, uh, and a lot of different events across the city. It is wild to see how much we have. Uh, I think next week we have the Scandinavian Festival, which will be downtown, uh, which is really great this year. We'll be doing some flag raising. Uh, For those that are our Swedish friends, you'll probably see the Swedish flag uh, up top city hall as well as uh, you'll be able to come downtown for the festival this year. Normally it was held at JCC and other places, uh, but really the, a lot of groups are embracing the downtown corridor as a place to really congregate people and to uh, bring a lot of new things to.
0: Mm-hmm. Anything in city government that's coming up? Anything like that you can talk about now before it happens?
1: Uh, Nothing that we've got right this moment, but we've got a lot of great things in the pipeline. Uh, Very excited for folks to mark their calendar for Labor Day, which will be coming up this year. The city obviously plays a really large role uh, in that uh, process, but we're very, very excited about all the work and all the things going on this summer.
0: And we can follow up on that in August when we talk, because when Labor Day Fest happens, we usually talk after that. So I don't want to miss out on all those details. So um, otherwise, if, uh, do you have anything else you want to add?
1: Yeah, I just I do want to add for your listeners that we have a host of home repair programs that are sponsored by the American Rescue Plan Act uh, that we're going to be pushing out to the public. Uh, everything from cash rebates for um, reimbursements uh, or cash rebates for improvements on your home. Uh, To programs designed specifically for seniors uh, and elderly, uh, and those with low income uh, that would provide up to $15,000 in improvements to your home, uh, which is great. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of other things for roofs, for sewer laterals, uh, for businesses, and we've got a bunch more programs uh, for home repair and home improvements coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned.
0: Okay. Yeah. And the uh, the first incentive programs you mentioned for senior citizens and, and homeowners, those two are done through the assessor office, but then the other ones are thus done through Department of Development?
1: That's correct. Yes. So we're putting together a website where anyone can go and you could search what improvement you want to make to your home and which grant it may apply for it. So more information should be coming out this week. That will encourage uh, members of the public to go to our website, and they can be able to see all of the grant programs that are available under the Rescue Plan Act.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there any deadline for how long people can apply for those, or is it just says money's available?
1: The most of them are rolling. However, the the most recent one, which was the roof and sewer program, uh, that one did did the deadline passed at the end of June, and I'll tell you that uh, we have received a tremendous amount of applications. Uh, for the roof and uh, the roof program. Uh, more so than we have funding for. Uh, well, t- when I say that we have that, we probably have received well over a hundred applications, and we probably only have funding for about thirty of them right now based on the allocation from city council. So certainly, there might be uh, some more uh, some more funding being requested. as a popular program., uh, but we're out now uh, taking a look at everyone's roof that applied uh, and trying to make sure that we're able to, get to uh, those that we can
0: wow so yeah that i think yeah the number i vaguely remember seeing posted by department of development me was 120 applications that
1: sounds about right yeah that yeah. was
0: a, quite a few to know and then only 30. so um there's american rescue plan funds are still you know, not totally expended but are there other avenues that have there been any kind of housing programs you've seen, they've come out either state level or or federal level. I don't know if community development block grant programs really, if that money. Well, I know that the plan's already been submitted, but can monies from that go toward a program like the sewer and roof?
1: Uh, possibly, you know, th- those are really specific programs that require much larger renovations than just a roof. Uh, certainly we evaluate every application to see maybe there's another program that would be a good fit for them and that's why we've done it through our department of development so some of the folks that have applied will also be evaluated for other programs to see if they qualify
0: Mm -hmm. and this is where i'm going to plug in the fact that people want to learn more about housing we will be talking about it on our community conversation for this month which will be airing on thursday july 14th so Mayor Eddie Sundquist, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us today. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about come August.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.